today is going to get to each one of our hearts. It's going to apply to all of us. And my prayer is it'll be a blessing and a help to us in this area because uh, we are all in a spiritual battle. We're all fighting the powers of darkness and standing against the powers of darkness today and facing attacks from Satan, from the enemy, from the powers of darkness. And we need to know how to deal with the temptations and the things that come our way. The thing that the enemy wants to do to you is he wants to drag you back away from God and back into that pit of sin. He'd like to take every one of us out and take every one of us down. And that's his desire and his goal. But if you don't let him do it, he can't do it. Amen. Praise God. God has given us that promise today. But I, I, I may say some things today that, um, that some people may not like, but I've done that before. That's nothing new. Amen. But I'm, I'm going to give you what I feel the Lord has laid upon my heart. In Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 59, and I'm going to begin, I'm going to begin with verse number 4. And read verse 4 through 8, and then we'll have some other scriptures that we'll go to as well this morning. Isaiah chapter 59, verse 4 says this, No one calls for justice, nor does any plead for truth. They trust in empty words and speak lies. They conceive evil. They conceive evil. And bring forth iniquity. So before, notice that, before the iniquity is brought forth, it's conceived first before it's birthed. They conceive evil and bring forth iniquity. Verse 5, they hatch vipers' eggs and weave the spider's web. He who eats of their eggs dies, and from that which is crushed, a viper breaks out. Their webs will not become garments, nor will they cover themselves with their works. Their works are the works of iniquity, and the acts of violence is in their hands. Their feet run to evil. And they make haste to shed innocent blood. Notice this. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they've not known. And there's no justice in their ways. They've made themselves crooked paths. Whoever takes that way shall not no peace. And I want to use for my text this morning, verse number five, ministering for just a little bit, they hatch vipers' eggs and weave the spider's web. I want to talk to you about hatching snake eggs, hatching snake eggs. Father, thank you today for this service and your presence today and what you have already done, and we're asking you 
for your anointing this morning as you help us to minister the Word of God to preach to your people. And open our hearts to receive, our ears to hear, and uh, just give us your help today, the anointing of your Holy Spirit, and we give you praise for it. And everybody said amen and amen. If you'll study this book of the prophet Isaiah, you'll find that the people of God, as was the case on many occasions, on a lot of occasions, where the people of God had drifted away from the Lord, and uh, God had to raise up prophets, men of God, that He put His Spirit in and He put His anointing on to call the people back to the Lord. And that's what God has done here with Isaiah. He has raised up Isaiah as a, as a prophet of God for the purpose of calling back the people to the Lord. In the 58th chapter of Isaiah, there in verse number 1, God said to Isaiah, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet, and tell my people their transgressions and the house of Israel their sins. So this was the call of God. And I believe that this same call is rests upon every, every pastor, preacher, evangelist that has a prophetic anointing. We think about prophecy or a prophetic ministry, and we think about that being foretelling the future or giving out prophetic events. But I believe that a true prophetic anointing is this same anointing that was upon Isaiah, Jeremiah, and all of those Old Testament prophets. It was a prophetic anointing to call the people back to God. It was an anointing to uh, expose the sin in their life and uh, to let them know that they needed to repent and to call them back to that place of repentance. So this is exactly what Isaiah was doing. He, he told them in this 59th chapter that, 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 um, that their sins, their life and their sins is what has, um, had separated them from the Lord. There was a problem in the life of these individuals. They... Um, they were they were they were going through a time when they um, their prayers were not being answered. They were praying. They were going through the motions. They were fasting, as you 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 would find if you read all of chapter fifty eight. They were going through the motions of living for God, but their prayers weren't being answered. Their prayers weren't being heard. God was, was kindly silent. He wasn't saying anything to them or answering their prayers. Isaiah 58 is a whole chapter about how they had fasted and, and uh, they had prayed and God had ignored them. And they, they wanted to know why. Well, ex- Isaiah tells them exactly why. In 59, Isaiah 59, and uh, those first few verses, he said, The Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. His ear is not heavy that it cannot hear. But he said this. Notice verse 2 of Isaiah 59. He said, But your iniquities have separated you from God, and your sins has hidden His face from you, so that He will not hear. They had the idea that they could just live any way they wanted to, do do anything they wanted to, and that God would still just be at their beck and call any time they needed Him. Well, can I tell you something today? God was letting them know 
that their sin was causing their prayers to be blocked. Their sin and their lifestyle was causing, that was the reason for them not having the answers to their prayers. Can I tell you something else today? That God is still the same today. That He wants to bless us. He's a good God. He wants to answer prayers for us. But if if we live in open sin and rebellion against God, He is not obligated to answer our prayers. That doesn't usually go over very good, especially in the day that we're living in today. Because people have the idea idea that they can live any way they want to and commit any sin they want to, but any time then they need the Lord, that He's going to be there. We'll just get in the prayer line or we'll call the pastor. We'll do this and God will answer our prayers. But God is calling us to live a godly life. Amen. He wants us to live right and to live for Him. Praise the Lord. But that's what was happening here. The sins of these people of God's people were preventing them from receiving God's promised blessing in their life. Basically, God was hiding His face from them. They were going through the motions. And we don't have time this morning in this service to go through everything in that 58th chapter and the 59th chapter. But what was happening were, was that they were going through the motions of worship outwardly Outwardly, they appeared to be obedient. They were going to the temple and offering their sacrifices and doing those things, but their heart was divided. Here's what their problem was. They wanted God, but they wanted the things of the world too. They wanted God, but then they also wanted their sin. There was a division there. There was a spiritual breakdown in the lives of God's people. They were the ones that honored God with their mouth and with their lips. Jesus spoke of them. And Isaiah, he said, well did Isaiah speak about you. You honor me with your lips. You honor me with your mouth, but your heart is far from me. Can I tell you something this morning? Can we just can we, can we talk this morning? Amen. God wants your praise, yes. He loves to hear your praise and your worship and, and your adoration. But you know what God wants? He wants you. He wants your heart. He wants your life. He wants you to live for Him. Amen? And and that's what was the problem. He doesn't want us to just render lip service to Him. He wants us to really seek Him and live for Him and be honest and be sincere before Him with a desire to forsake the world and the things of the world and give ourselves totally and completely to the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that's not a popular message today, but it's still the message of the Bible. Old Testament and New Testament as well. God is calling us to holiness. Amen. He's calling us to separation and He's calling us to live for Him. How many can say amen? But this is what's happening to many 
in the lives of so many today. Here we are at the end of this age. And just like these people in Isaiah's day, their heart was divided. There was a spiritual breakdown. They were honoring God with their lips and with their mouth, but their heart was not in it. And here at the end of the age, just before, I mean, we're so close, I can't say it enough. I know people probably say, you're saying it too much. You say it every week. But I've got to let you know again today, we're right at the the prep, prep, right at the brink, the prep, prefaces, amen, or whatever, I've got it, amen. We're right there at the very, very time when that, that trumpet of God is going to sound. Jesus is getting ready to come back for his church. And right here, right before the rapture, right here in this, the, the closing hours of the church age, there are so many today that are, that are quitting the race. While we're here at the finish line. There are so many that are falling by the wayside that are compromising their, their walk with God and their life. And can I as your pastor, with all the love that I have in my heart, tell you today, and I, and I trust that everybody here knows the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you're truly wanting to live for Him. But can I tell you today that He's coming back as, as, as our message was today, the, the, um, the song that we sing today, he's coming back for a bride, and that bride has got to be pure. That bride has got to be spotless. That bride has got to be holy. That bride has got to be clean. He's not coming back, ladies and gentlemen, for a bride or for a church that's living out here in the world and living an ungodly life. Amen. We've got to come out from among the world and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And then he said, then I will receive you. Then I will be your God. Then, amen, then you shall be my people. See, here's the thing. If we want to be used of the Lord, if we want God to use us in the work of the ministry, we're going to have to be a separated, sanctified, God-fearing, living for God bunch of people. Come on, somebody, say amen today. Amen. Praise God. And that's what God is telling these people. And so many are quitting the race, just like these people here did in Isaiah's day. But here's the thing. What is the problem, Pastor? What is the situation? What's causing the problem? Well, Isaiah there in this passage of Scripture tells them what caused their problem. And he said there in verse number 5, here's what, they, well, here's what he said. They hatch viper's eggs and... And they weave the spider's web. He who eats of their eggs dies, and from that which is crushed, a viper brings out, breaks out. And Isaiah was telling them what their problem was, and that was this. They had hatched viper's eggs or evil thoughts that had come into and penetrated their minds. Notice this. Evil thoughts were the snake eggs, the viper's eggs, that the enemy had placed in the minds of these people to think and to believe that they could live the kind of life that they were living and still have God as well. It was snake eggs. Who's the snake? Anybody know who the snake is? Anybody know who the serpent is? Well, Satan is the snake. He's that old serpent, the devil. Amen. He was that serpent 
he used that serpent in the garden. John in the book of Revelation said that he's that old serpent, the devil. And Satan, here's what he does. That old serpent wants to lay his eggs in our minds, in our thoughts, and create evil thoughts and imaginations in the minds of the people, getting them to believe those lies of Satan, lies of demons, amen, and it's those thoughts that bring about, when they're hatched, it brings about the sin and the iniquity in the lives of those people. He said there in verse number 7, after he had spoken about them hatching those viper's eggs, he said in verse number 7, in the middle part of that verse, their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Now this is so very important today, Abundant Life, because we need to understand something. And I want to give a, a, a disclaimer, I guess you'd call it, before I go any farther with this message. But a little disclaimer is that I'm not preaching mind over matter. I'm not preaching metaphysical science or anything like that. I'm not preaching physical science or, or, or uh, um, Christian science to you or, or the power of positive thinking or anything like that. Are you with me? I believe we should think positive. But uh, I'm not preaching that uh, doctrine to you today. But here's what we need to understand. The mind, your mind, everybody's got a mind. Do you have a mind? You ain't lost your mind, right? Nobody lost their mind here. But the mind, your mind, is the womb or is the gateway to your heart or to your spirit. Thoughts that are, are seeds that are planted in, the, in our minds and evil thoughts, evil thoughts are seeds of the serpent. Amen. How many knows that this is where the enemy's working at today? How many knows this is where your battlefield is today? Amen. You, ha you have thoughts, you know, all the time come into your mind. And there'll be good thought there are good thoughts and there are bad thoughts. There are positive thoughts, there are negative thoughts. There are, there are pure thoughts and there are evil thoughts. Are you with me today? You know what I'm talking about. All of us here today can identify with this because all of us here today deal with our thought life. But the mind and your thought life um, is, the, is the gateway then into your spirit or into your heart. And those evil thoughts, Satan comes to all of us with those. He wants to plant a seed a serpent seed in our minds and those seeds or thoughts become eggs and hatch out into little serpents or actions if that seed is not immediately dealt with and destroyed. Can I get an amen? The minds of the people here in Isaiah's day had become snake dens filled with those evil thoughts. Their minds had become poisoned with evil. Their thoughts and wild imaginations had not been brought into captivity and those thoughts that they allowed themselves to dwell on and remain in their minds were hatched out into serpents that caused the actions in their life that was taking place in their life. This is is the process. 
you don't just wake up saved one day and go to bed backslid that evening. Come on, somebody. There is a process that Satan uses to draw people away from the Lord and to bring them into the evil and the corrupt life, to draw them away from the things of God. I've said it before many times, and I'll just mention it again, that backsliding is not a blowout. Backsliding is a a, a slow leak that happens a little bit at a time, but here is the thing that the Lord's trying to tell us today. It begins with a thought, falling away from God, getting involved in sin, yielding to temptation, begins with a thought, a wrong thought, a sinful thought, an unclean thought, amen, a serpent seed that if not dealt with will hatch into a serpent and bring you into the obedience of the enemy. Come on, somebody. Amen. That's why thoughts have to be dealt with. There is nothing, hear me today, there is nothing harmless about evil thoughts. I said there are no, there's nothing harmless about evil thoughts. And if those evil thoughts are not cast down, if they're not dealt with, if they're not brought into captivity to the obedience of the Word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, those evil thoughts will poison the spirit and the soul and your entire life. Proverbs 23 and 7 says that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. In other words, what you what you constantly think about and dwell upon and entertain is is going to lead you down that path. Nobody ever commits a sin or an ungodly act unless that thought is there first, that serpent seed is there in their mind first, and it's coddled and it's 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 incubated, it's dwelt upon, and if it continues to be dwelt upon and not dealt with it will hatch into a poisonous viper that will ruin your life are you with me today hallelujah let me slow down a little bit I want you to get what I'm saying this morning this is the problem in a lot of people's lives when you look at people and you think you know how in the world Did they fall out of church? They just get up one day and say, well, I don't think I want to go to church anymore. I don't think I want to live for the Lord anymore. No, ladies and gentlemen, it didn't happen just like that. It is a process. And can I tell you something? That your your enemy, the devil, is... He's a, he is a snake. He is a serpent. He is subtle. He is wily. Amen. He knows. That's why Paul said for us to stand against the wiles of the devil in Ephesians chapter 6. Do you know what that word wiles means? It means the, the stratagem. It's a Greek word for strategy. It's how the enemy plans and plots. And let me tell you something. If you're saved today, if you're a child of God, 
him. You're living for Jesus. I'm not trying to discourage anybody, but you have a target on you, and the enemy wants to take you out, and we must know how to deal with the attacks of the enemy. We must know how to fight the good fight of faith. We must know how to bring those wrong thoughts into captivity to the obedience of Christ before they become strongholds in our life. Are you hearing me today? Amen? So, so when, you, when you see people that have, that have fallen away and getting involved in sin, getting involved with the world, this is the thing. They, they have allowed the enemy along the line somewhere to sow evil thoughts in their minds. And they allow those thoughts, instead of dealing with them, they allow them to linger in their mind. They allow them to incubate in their mind their snake eggs. Are you hearing me today? Does anybody, anybody know? Everybody know what? I, we're, on the, we're all on the same page. They're snake eggs. And if they are brooded over, and if they are incubated, and if they are cared for and meditated on, eventually those snake eggs, those viper eggs, will hatch into actions in that individual's life. Amen. That person that, that, that is involved in an adulterous affair, in uh, premarital or extramarital sexual relations. They just didn't wake up one day and it happened. There was a seed planted, a thought planted that they did not deal with. How many's here today? Are you with me? Those thoughts are temptations. How do you think Satan tempts us? He uses those thoughts and desires to bring against us and they have to be dealt with. Amen. And those people, those individuals, those Christians that allow those, those thoughts to linger and incubate do nothing about them not realizing the danger that they may bring. Can I tell you this? And I've heard this before and you have too. I've heard preachers say it. You know, people say, well, Brother Rick, I have these thoughts. I have thoughts that, are, that come to me that are wrong. I have thoughts, uh, uh, impure thoughts that come to me. And I'm going to tell you, every, every negative and impure thought is not from God. It's from the enemy. Amen. Everything, every thought you have that is against or contrary to this book has come from the serpent. It didn't come from God. And we need to understand that. You can, you can recognize those thoughts and understand them and know how to deal with them. Amen? But those thoughts that come, when they come into a person's mind, you know, people say, oh, Brother Rick, I, can't, I, I have these thoughts, and what am I supposed to do? I can't help having these wrong thoughts. Well, and as, as I said, I've heard preachers say this before, and I believe this, and it's true. You cannot keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. Are you hearing me? You can shoo them away. You can. Amen. You get an old blue jay out there every once in a while, you know, he, he likes to eat the cat food, and you come out there and disturb him, and he might try to swoop down. He ain't building no nest in my hair. I've got to drive him away. You 
remember how Abraham was offering that sacrifice and the fowls came over and he had to drive those fowls away, typifying how that we must drive away evil thoughts, unclean spirits, wrong desires that come against us. We must, ladies and gentlemen, in this last last day, take our stand on the Word of God and drive out those unclean, evil, sinful thoughts. Are you hearing me? Jesus said that He is the Son of Man, was coming to sow good seed. But He said that the enemy, the devil, is the one that sows the tares. He's the one that sows the evil thoughts, the weeds of evil thoughts in our life. Isaiah said it here in Isaiah 55. If you'll go back and read that. We won't take the time this morning to read it. But Isaiah said, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous and the wicked forsake his thoughts. We must learn how and know how to fight this battle, ladies and gentlemen, and not allow those evil thoughts or imaginations, those snake eggs of Satan to hatch into our mind and bring about unclean lifestyles and living and cause us to fall away from God. Amen? The minds of people today have become snake dens filled with evil thoughts, thoughts and wild imaginations that are not being brought into captivity. And you can see it running amok in the world. We're in the days of Noah. Huh? As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of what? The coming of the Son of Man. And you read about in Genesis chapter 6, in those days of Noah, and one of the main things that was said in Genesis 6 and 5, in the days of Noah, it said that God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And listen to this. And every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And this is the problem that we're facing in the world today. There is nothing harmless. You've got to get this. There is nothing harmless about those unclean thoughts. Christians, ladies and gentlemen, saints of God, we must cast down and bring into captivity every thought, every imagination that comes to us that exalts itself against Jesus Christ, against the Word of God, against holiness, against godliness. This mind is a battleground and we've got to take the weapons of our warfare that are not carnal but they are mighty through God. Are you hearing me? To the pulling down of strongholds. In 2 Corinthians 10, Paul said that we are not warring against the flesh. We are fighting an unseen spiritual enemy. But thank God we have some spiritual weapons today. Weapons of warfare that are mighty through God. that will pull down the strongholds that the enemy tries to bring into our life. And verse 5 of 2 Corinthians 10 says this, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity, here it is, bringing into captivity every thought, not just some thoughts, but every thought, every thought that that exalts itself, hallelujah, uh, bringing into captivity every thought 
to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Do you know what that means? Every thought that 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 Satan brings to your mind must be weighed against the word of God. And if it's a snake egg, it has to be dealt with. It has to be brought under the obedience of God's word. The word of God. Come on, somebody. Amen. You've got to deal with your mind. You've got to do something about your thinking. You've got to do something about it. Hallelujah. About the thoughts that come into your mind. Don't let Satan, those fowls, those birds, build a nest of snake eggs in your mind. Amen. If you're going to keep pure right thoughts, you got to watch what you watch. You got to watch what you listen to. You got to watch what you hear. Hallelujah. You can't You got to watch what you uh allow on your on your uh, computer screen. Am I preaching okay? Y'all ain't left and went home yet, have you? Huh? You know, uh, uh, God told, told Ezekiel and Jeremiah, said, when you're preaching to them, don't look at their faces. <laughs> I've, I've found out that that's a good, sometimes that's, good, uh, that's a good thing to do. But I, but, I, but I feel this upon my life today, in my heart today. You've got to... Bring every thought into captivity and not allow Satan to cause those snake eggs in your mind. Don't let them incubate and dwell there. If you coddle and entertain evil thoughts, they will hatch out into actions eventually. Amen. Are you, are, you, are you with me? James said it this way in James 1 and 14. James 1 and 14. But each one, talking to believers, Christians, each one is tempted... When he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed, then when desire has conceived. I looked that word up, conceived. I thought, well, you know, we think we know what it means, and we do. But that word conceived means this, in this context, to be framed in the mind, devised, or imagined. So James is saying the very same thing. When desire has been framed in the mind, when it's, caused, when it's imagined or, de- or devised and conceived, it brings birth to what? 
sin. And sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. Notice how it all starts. It starts with a seed, with a thought, with a desire. Before sin is ever carried out, it's conceived in the mind. It's conceived in the heart. And you and I, we've got to capture those thoughts and kill them before they hatch. Don't allow them to incubate. Don't let a single evil thought be allowed to roam at will in your mind. Go after that thought. Capture it and kill it. You are in control. You've got to take control of your thought life and your imaginations. You know, I'll give away my age a little bit. Everybody probably knows anyway, but there's an old song. uh, You know, years ago when we was growing up, and it said, it was just my imagination running away with me. Amen. Was that the temptations? Or I think. Amen. But it was, there you go. It was by the temptations, and it was just my imagination running away with me. That's how temptation comes to us. Our imagination, our thoughts, we allow it to run away. And Satan's so sly about how he puts that in, but then we begin to imagine things. Here's something, here's something. Let's go a little different direction. I, I, I've got to close here in a minute, but let's go a little different direction with this. What are some of those thoughts that cause imaginations, wrong imaginations, in people's lives that, 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 that eventually hatch out into wrong actions? One of them is resentful thoughts. Because, you know, we have all had the experience of somebody doing us wrong. Amen. Are you with me? Am I down where am I down where we're all living? Amen. We've all had that experience of somebody lying on us, talking about us, gossiping about us, doing something to us that was that was wrong, that really hurt us. Anybody here that has never been hurt by somebody? We all have, right? And and listen, you'll have that opportunity probably before the week's out for somebody to offend you, for you to be hurt, for injurious something injurious to take place in your life. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. When somebody does something wrong to you or hurts you, and those those uh, those things that hurt us, if you allow those injurious, hurtful thoughts that come to stay. Are you, are you with me? And you think about it all the time. Here, See, I told you, we're going to get down where we're all living, all right? And you constantly brood over it and think about it, what they did to me. And then when it comes to the time when they're brought up, and somebody brings them up and you say, let me tell you what they've done to me. They're not the good person you think they are. Here's what they've done to me. And you see, that, that, that snake egg is still there. And it's still coming up every once in a while. And it's still being incubated. And here's the problem with that, ladies and gentlemen. When we don't deal with hurts and we don't deal with offenses, what happens is those things hatch out. Those thoughts will hatch out in into bitterness, into resentment, into unforgiveness, into 
hatred. And those are some of the things. I don't know how many people, I can tell you how many people have left the church and walked away from God. And there's people out here today that are not in church or living for God. And a lot of them you'd talk to about coming to church. No, I ain't going to church. This would be their response. No, I ain't going to church. I went to church one time. Some preacher hurt me or some Christian hurt me or some church hurt me and done something wrong to me. And there's offense there. Let me tell you something. I'm down here where we need to be, ladies and gentlemen. We can't let that offense and those hurts stay. Those thoughts and imaginations, you begin to imagine and think about all they did to you. And it breeds snake eggs. It breeds resentment. It breeds hatred and unforgiveness. I'm here to tell you. Let me tell you as your pastor, you cannot. I'm going to say it. You will not make the rapture. You will not make heaven if you're harboring unforgiveness against somebody in your heart. I'm getting some Baptist nods. Amen. But that's the truth. Jesus said it. Jesus said it. Why were these people in Isaiah, their prayers wasn't being heard or answered, and they were, they, they, they were fasting. Of course, their lifestyle was not right. But here's what Jesus said. In Mark 11, chapter 11, he gives the prayer, talks about the prayer of faith in verse 24, and he says, What things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. We shout about that. We praise God about that. That's awesome. That's wonderful. Praise God. He answers our prayers. But let me tell you, listen, listen, listen. Verse 25 and verse 26 that follow that, verse 24, have to be included as well. And Jesus went on to say, And when you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone. Forgive them. For if you do not forgive them their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you of your trespasses. Here's the thing, and I've said it before, ladies and gentlemen. I've got to be have an open relationship with the Lord if I miss it if I fail if I sin I've got to have an open ear of God so that when I confess my sins he says he is faithful and just to forgive me amen but I'm going to tell you what if I'm harboring bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment against somebody that's wronged me the Lord's not going to hear my prayer I said the Lord's not going to hear my prayer you've got to make that right amen Amen. If you need to go to somebody and make something right, go to them and make it right. But if they've harmed you, let me tell you, don't let them rent space in your head. You go before the Lord and you say, Lord, this is what they did and you know it. But by faith as an act of faith, I release them. I forgive them. Help me, Lord. I cast down that thought. I'll not allow my mind to dwell on them and on what they did to me. Come on. I'm Talking about killing the snake eggs before they hatch into bitterness and resentment. Amen. And people have left churches and people have gotten away from the Lord. People have left here because they got offended at me. Instead of coming and talking to me, I'm going to tell you, I will not intentionally offend you. I may do something that I'm not aware of and you may get offended. If that's the case, come to me. We'll, we'll get it straightened out. Don't you go out of here or leave me a letter at my door. 
tell me everything I've done wrong and be afraid to face me. Amen. Come on now. Sneak in some time and hide it. Oh, I'm not going there. Help me, Jesus. See, I'm, 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 help me, Jesus. I taught a few years ago. I took a whole 13 weeks. Taught the we were in between teachers in the adult class, and I taught 13 weeks on the bait of Satan. Anybody read that book? We taught from that book. I taught it here two years ago on Wednesday nights. Not for 13 weeks, but I took the high points of that. But the bait of Satan is on offense, being offended. And I taught it here. And I taught these very things, how unforgiveness, if you allow those thoughts to replay over in your mind. What do you do when the devil brings it to you? You know what they did to you? He whispers it in your ear. Take it into captivity. Take it into captivity. Answer back. Jesus talked to the devil, didn't he? But he answered him back with Scripture. Is that right? He answered him back with the Word of God. When he said, if you're the Son of God, turn these stones to be into bread. He didn't argue with him and say, well, I am the Son of God. You know that. He didn't do that. He just said, oh, Satan, it's written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He gave him the word. When Satan told him, he said, oh, I'll give you all the kingdoms of this world and the glory of them if you'll bow down and worship me. He didn't argue with him about it. He, Jesus just got the word of God out again. The sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit. And Jesus said to that temptation of the devil, he said, oh, it is written again, thou shalt, not, thou, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. Three temptations, three times recorded in the gospels that Jesus took the word of God and attacked the enemy drove back the enemy so when those thoughts come what do you do what do you do when, when Satan says to you oh remember how they treated you remember what they said about you oh you know what you do say oh thank God that's all under the blood thank God I have forgiven them thank God I'm not, I, I'm not holding that against them anymore praise God if it gets too bad just bake them a good old carrot cake and send to them or do something good bless them real good are you sure about that oh yeah the Bible says bless them Jesus said bless them that curse you do good to them that despitefully use you and persecute you pray for your enemies Paul said if he's hungry give him to eat if he's thirsty give him something to drink hallelujah and by doing this amen you're heaping coals of fire upon their head be not overcome with evil but overcome evil with good you've got to face those thoughts those snake eggs and get them out of your mind don't brood over
over them and hatch them out. The same thing happens with sin. The same thing happens. I could preach. I've got so many notes here and I ain't got time to preach them. But, 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 but things, uh, the, the uh, fear, listen to me, fear and worry, thoughts of fear and anxiety and worry. We're living in a day when men's hearts are failing them for fear of the things that are coming on this earth. There, people are wondering, what's this going to do? There's only one person in this entire nation that believes inflation is zero. Only one. Amen. There's inflation. There's recession. There's high prices. All of this is going on. People are wondering. Satan is using this, ladies and gentlemen, to plant seeds and serpent eggs of fear and worry and anxiety in people's hearts and in their minds. What are we going to do? How are we going to make it? How are we going to pay our bills? How are we going to eat? What are we going to do if there's a food shortage? And if you coddle those thoughts, if you incubate those thoughts, Oh, listen to me, saints. Fear and anxiety will paralyze your faith. I said fear and anxiety will paralyze your faith. You've got to deal with those thoughts. That song we sang this morning is a good way to deal with them. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is the Lord, my provider. He is the Lord, my shepherd. I shall not want, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me cast down those thoughts with what thus saith the Lord God Almighty amen you can't just stop thinking wrong thoughts you have to think something else to displace the wrong thoughts right If I tell you right now, don't think about a horse. What's everybody thinking about right now? What are you seeing in your mind right now? Unless you've got me so completely turned off that you're not paying any attention, you're seeing a horse. You know? So it's not... I'm not telling you don't think evil thoughts because they will come. But what I'm telling you is this. Don't brood, incubate, and dwell on them, but replace them. How are you going to get them out? Replace the snake eggs with the seed and the bread of the Word of God. Glory to God. Amen. I'm going to close. I've got to. Oh, I wish I could preach till 1 o'clock. <laughs> I've lost my glasses now. I can't see. Glory to God. Are, are you with me? Give me just a few more minutes. Are you, are you still here? You got, you're with me. Listen, listen. Flip over a couple of pages to Isaiah, the 55th chapter. Chapter 55. Chapters over. Here, listen, listen, listen to this. Verse 8, Isaiah 55 and 8. Here's what God says For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens 
are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So what do we do? Skip down to verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, that it may prosper in the thing which I sent it. And he said in verse 10, it's like the rain comes down and the snow comes down. And that rain and snow water the earth and will not return until they water the earth and they make the earth bring forth and bud and give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be. Listen to me. This book right here, these are God's thoughts. Your thoughts are carnal. Paul said that the carnal mind is enmity against God. We are not to be carnally minded. See, I could preach all day on this. We're not to be carnally minded, he said in Romans chapter 8. He said that if those who are carnal minded, those who mind the things of the flesh, walk after the things of the flesh. If you're constantly got your mind on the things of the flesh and this world and sin, you will walk after that. But those who mind the things. That's what he said in Romans 8. Those who mind the things of the Spirit will walk after the Spirit. You got to mind the right things and think the right things. That's where this book comes in. It's not something that you just lay on your coffee table or on a bookshelf, but you get it down and fill your mind with this Scripture. Counter the bad, evil, snake egg thoughts with the pure, unadulterated Word of God. I'm telling you what will kill a snake egg. This book will kill a snake egg. This book will drive back the powers of darkness. This book will defeat Satan on every conflict that he brings against you. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Worship team, make your way back so I can hush. Put on the whole armor of God. Put on, what's, what's one of the parts of that armor? Got a breastplate of righteousness. Loins, a girdle of, I need one of them girdles, truth. And girdles. <laughs> girdles of truth. Feet shod, the preparation of the gospel of peace. Shield of faith. Quenches every fiery dart, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. But I left one out. You know what, what, what another one is? The helmet of salvation. Oh, hallelujah. The helmet. What does a helmet do? What does a helmet do? A helmet protects your mind. It guards your head. Why do you need the helmet of salvation? Because, you know, the helmet of salvation, it's that helmet. It's, it's having your mind filled with and renewed by the Word of God. And the Bible talks a lot about that. Renewing your mind. It's reprogramming the computer. It's re 
renewing your mind to the Word of God. When you get in the Word and you begin to meditate on what Jesus did for you and you begin to meditate on the promises of God, do you know what you are doing? You're filling your mind. And that's Christian meditation. Eastern meditation says clear your mind, empty your mind. But biblical meditation is no, you don't empty your mind. You fill your mind and meditate on the Word of Almighty God. You're putting on the helmet of salvation. And when the devil comes along, that serpent tries to strike your mind with those serpent eggs. Boom, he hits a helmet. Boom, he hits the Word. Boom, he hits the Scripture. He cannot get a hold of you if you will stand your ground with God's eternal Word. Come on, amen. It's a warfare, church. It's a battle that we're in. We're fighting for our very existence. And then we're fighting for eternity. That is what is at stake. We must not let snake eggs hatch in our mind. Woo! Be not conformed. Romans 12, 2. Let me just read some scriptures and I'm closing. This is my conclusion. Okay? I promise. I won't even comment. I'll just read. Romans 12 and 2. Do not be conformed to this world. How do you do that? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace. Who? Whose mind is stayed on thee. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above which Christ, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Verse 2. Set your mind on things above and not on the things of this earth. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, meditate and think on these things. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 4.1, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh... Arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. How do you cease from sin? Arm yourself with that same mind of what Jesus did at Calvary. Because it was there he conquered death, hell, and the grave. It was there he defeated sin and Satan. Arm yourself with that mind. Here's the note from the expository to study Bible on that verse make the fact that Jesus suffered our source of victory that is our source of victory he suffered in the flesh that we might have victory over the flesh arm yourself with that same mind there's no reason for any believer to be defeated by sin, temptation or the enemy Jesus has made the way of escape don't hatch Satan's snake eggs. Stand with me this morning. Oh, we.